You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni of Fantrax HQ and Blake Sullivan of Roto Ballers. Welcome in. This is the Hot Take Podcast. My name is Stephen Taroni. And today we have a great show for you guys. We're going to get into our hotties. It's a first ever. Uh, we're in episode 27, so we got the first ever award show. We're going to give out some hotties to uh, some of the guys that are most deserving in fantasy football that carried you to the ship. And a couple of my boys uh, from Twitter, a couple of powerful young men in the industry right now on the show with me. We got Coach X and uh chase holden of garage guys what's going on fellas what's up man what's happening what's happening glad to be on the pod man thanks for having me yeah i've worked with uh with x a couple times uh he was on the hot take uh, earlier in the season and then i came on to the top shelf so you know we're still friends despite that 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 trade uh let's call it a trade bill cosby that you gave me in the early in the year <laughs> listen it was a great it was your idea, actually. Just like, I know. I know. You but spiked his fantasy say. season? They all say that, X. <laughs> he spiked his own fantasy season. You spiked your fantasy season? You cosmed it? I just so, <laughs> so I gave him McCaffrey, and it was a couple bad weeks for McCaffrey, and I really thought that Le'Veon was going to come back. Oh, man. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I got, I got Keenan Allen. I got Sony Michelle. I got uh, Kenny Galladay. I felt really good about the players I was getting, but McCaffrey was that guy. I got McCaffrey and Landry. Yes. But you killed the game. Yeah, Yeah. no, it was a good trade. And honestly, if I didn't feel confident about my running backs, um, which I had fine running backs, but McCaffrey was just – you needed those 30 points. Oh, yeah, you needed yeah. those. Yeah. Well, they, neither of us won, so it's, you know. Yeah. It didn't really be much. It's all dust in the wind. Yo, real quick before we get started here – you can find the Hot Take Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, FSGN.com, and Rotoballer. Shout out to Age of Radio for making that possible. Um, real quick, we've extended the Josh Gordon signed jersey giveaway. So we want to get some more subscribers, obviously. And the way to get a free signed Patriots Josh Gordon jersey, subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify. We will pick a random winner. Uh, guys, I want to get your kind of uh, feel for this. So we got this jersey, obviously, before the news uh, you know, came out for Josh Gordon. Does this jersey have more value now or less value? Um, I mean, personally for me, like I'm a huge Josh Gordon guy. And like, you know, I hate, I hate all the things he's going through right now um, in terms of just the demons that he's battling. I think that it is worth more. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, a number 12 Josh Gordon jersey from Cleveland that kind of carries the legacy, like the 2014 season, the crazy yeah. fantasy numbers that he put up. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, looking at Gordon with number 10 with that Patriots, you know, the Navy and the red, there's yeah. just something sexy about that jersey. But regardless of it all, just having a Josh Gordon jersey, I feel like that shows so much support just for Josh and the things that he's going through. I'm actually um, looking to purchasing one for myself just because I think that everybody should be out there buying one of these jerseys right now to show Josh, you know, hey, we get it. We understand. 
you know, there's just no worries there. We want you to get better and focus on you. So I think it's epic you're giving that jersey away. And, yes, I definitely think there's more value when it comes from Foxborough. Absolutely agree, man. Absolutely agree, 100%. And we like free stuff. So if you're giving away free stuff, no one's going to be mad at what they get. (laughs) F-R-E-E. Yeah, that's that's free. And, uh, yeah, we were just talking. We like free. I like that. Um, (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, you know, there's two types of people in this world. There's Josh Gordon supporters, and then there's Josh Gordon haters. You're either one or the other in this world. And I probably want to hang out with the supporters of Josh Gordon. (laughs) Like when it comes down to it at the end of the day. Um, um, But yeah, (laughs) before we get into some of the news, uh, real quick, I want to talk to uh, our listeners that might not know. If you don't know, you should follow Chase Holden on Twitter because this man got a Doritos Locos taco (laughs) because he convinced Taco Bell that he was, that there was a deal where you start George Kittle and you get a free Doritos Locos taco. Tell the listeners about that, because that was funny, man. Okay. <laughs> so I'm literally driving uh, home after George Kittle put up those crazy numbers. I think it was against Denver. Uh, he was playing Denver. He put up the big fancy points. It was the first week of the playoffs. Uh, probably carried a lot of people to their championship. And I'm driving home, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I, it would be so great right now if I could just, like, like just trick somebody. Because, like, you know, <laughs> I like to be a trickster, trickster like Bill Belichick sometimes. And um, so I'm like, what can I do? So I started thinking these ideas and I was like, if I had somebody with me, I was going to go in like a grocery store and like fill up an entire buggy of groceries and go to the checkout line. And like, after they get done scanning it, I mean, this might be a dick move, but I was going to be like, oh, I I don't have any money. I started George Kittle in the playoffs. I was going to do that. But then I was like, no, I can find something better. So I go to Taco Bell and I'm just like, screw it. I don't really want Taco Bell right now, but I'm going to do this anyway. And the woman's like, Oh, that hasn't started yet. Because you can right. literally go through any Taco Bell drive-thru yes. and just make up something random. That's the lesson <laughs> to be learned here, I think. That's, you know, yes. people might think, oh, that's silly. Who would think George killed? No, you just can say anything. Oh, what about that free deal where you buy one, get one free? It doesn't that start yet? I've been seeing commercials, just like you people- did. <laughs> yeah, they go they go along with it. So I did that and I made the video and I'm like, okay, I can't just not follow up on this. So one night um, I was coming through Taco Bell drive through and I was actually ordering me some food or whatever. And then I was like, oh, this is perfect time. So I got my phone set up and I and I did it. And I was like, yeah, I need to get the Rio Zocos taco for free. And the guy's like, oh, well, I talked to my manager about this and that. So I get up to the window. I'm like, no, I'm following through with this. So I just start telling this to you. I'm like, no, it's free. I saw it on the commercial. He gets his manager to the window and he's like, he's talking about some Kittles or something. Like he had no idea what was going on. And uh, the manager's like, I don't think it started yet, but I'll give it to you. I'm like, Oh no, it started. And I started him. And I was like, he crushed it. Did you see what he did? And he was like, no, nah, cause I had work. And I was just like, all right, but yeah, that was the best wow. taco I've ever eaten in my life. So, oh, that's yes. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's gotta be something said for that. Like things taste better when they're free and they're earned and that's that capacity. That's fantastic. Yeah. So thank you, George Kittle. Uh, you got me a free Doritos Locos taco. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I could be mad if I was a type of guy because George Kittle was the guy who uh, put me out in the A1 league that I'm in with X. And, uh, you know, just that ridiculous day. I'm like, all right, I have a chance. And then seven for 210 and a touchdown from George Kittle. So, you know, you got to have a short memory in fantasy football. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Trust me. I feel it. Dude. I, I had – 
X, me and X actually, uh, we're in, we were in a league this year. Uh, Walker Kelly actually put it together. Great guy. Another good guy to follow on Twitter um, in the fantasy world. And I believe we're going to be in a uh, community league. I think it's like 32 teams coming up. It's my first year doing something like this. So it's pretty crazy. Um, That's awesome. But, yeah, so me and X are going to be in that too. So I'm sure me and him will be linking up more in the future. Yeah. And uh, But Fantastic. he uh, – I th- what it was is the, it was a 14-team league. I'd never been in a 14-teamer. I almost got to the playoffs, and I screwed up because I picked up Robbie Anderson and Damian Williams the week before, and I didn't start them. And if I would have started them, I would have mm. advanced to the second round. Neither one. So, <laughs> mm. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, you know, both of those guys were season winners for a lot of people. Um, yes. So let's get into it. Speaking of season winners or guys that necess- not necessarily won you the championship because he did get injured in that championship game, unfortunately, but such a great season for Philip Lindsay. Um, he's going to end his season. He's going to have season ending wrist surgery. Um, you know, the, the Broncos aren't making the playoffs, so he's essentially just missing one game. Uh, great season for Philip Lindsay uh, in 2018. Could be eligible for a hottie, I would suspect, um, in a couple of these awards. But let's talk about week 17. If you're still playing fantasy, you know, if you're maybe getting some skin on the game in DFS, let's talk about Royce Freeman because he should get a lot of run against the Chargers. X, talk to me about Royce Freeman. If you can play him in redraft leagues for championship week in week 17. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. First thing on Philip Lindsay, I mean, it says a lot about who he is to that organization now that they didn't even want to risk him injuring him again in week 17. They're like, nah, nah, just chill, sit down. Right. Like, we're, just go have surgery. Like you're our guy moving in the next year. So, you know, that, that's a good side note on Phil Lindsay, but more on Royce Freeman. I mean, uh, we'll talk about this later in my starts of the week, but um, I'm starting Royce Freeman against the chargers. And it's not because he has a great matchup because the chargers where I think he's going to explode. It just, he's going to have every opportunity to, run the football. He's going to have every opportunity to catch the football. He's going to have his, his level of opportunity based around other people in week 17 is going to be so much higher. So he's a guy that if I'm in DFS or if I happen to be in a week 17 championship, which I'm not because that's trash. Um, yes. I, I'm looking to play him. Like I'm looking to, for him to get me, you know, 15 to 30 points and somewhere in that range. Absolutely. And I, and I want to follow up on that too. I was actually looking back at some of Royce Freeman stuff uh, from this year, though. I think one of the games he had a touchdown against the chargers and people, I was kind of looking at the stats. He had 23 rushing yards and a touchdown when they played the chargers uh, uh, previously in the season. So, I mean, that's just something that you can go ahead and add to your, you know, your saucepan. If you want to mix it up a little bit this week in DFS, I really, I mean, I know there's people out there that play week 17 leagues, but, I just I, I actually played in one last year and it was just I think that's more I think it's a little bit better for people that play like rotisserie leagues and things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's a little bit simpler that way. But, um, you know, I do think that a lot of this is I think for PPR wise, I think Royce Freeman could be seeing a really big night. So I'm definitely on board with firing him up. I do think the Chargers are going to come away with the victory, but that's even better because if you're playing from behind and you've got somebody that, you know, you can catch the ball out that backfield, you got to go ahead and pull the trigger on it. So I like that, you know, because I'm a big Royce Freeman guy. And, you know, I was not even, you know, considering Philip Lindsay in drafts. I, I was a big Royce Freeman guy. I thought he was going to – I don't gonna, think anybody well, was. <laughs> right. Of course, you know. And I thought that Royce Freeman was going to have every opportunity because I didn't believe in Devontae Booker. Now, is Booker going to steal some of this workload? Like, I, I feel like the Broncos will, will be like that and they'll give Devontae Booker some work. 
I definitely will say, yeah, I think that you're going to have the split back, though, and it's going to be there. But, I mean, Booker's just kind of shown that he's more of that guy that's probably going to be doing more groundwork anyway. Mm. And so, I mean, I like Freeman just because he's got more of that edge. You already know Vance Joseph, he, he's not going to go away from just having one setback. Um, I do still think he's going to be there, but I think that Royce Freeman ends up with the, you know, the bigger, the bigger production and the bigger workload in this game. And another cool little thing to throw in there, too, I mean, looking at the Chargers right now, they're giving up like 18 fantasy points on average to running backs. Right. So you have that in your bag as well. So I just personally am going to go Freeman because I think they're going to want to maybe showcase because he hasn't really – he kind of got it stolen from him. I mean, he didn't play good. He hasn't really played as well as everybody because I was huge on Roy Streaming in the beginning of the year. But, you know, this is his time for redemption. He knows that it's last game of the year. He's going to have that fire and that fuel in him. And, I mean, just when you look at things like that and you look – someone has that energy when they're getting out there on the field, you throw the stats out of the side. If he's got the fire in him, he's going to light it up. No, it's great points. And I, I think that because Vance Joseph is his coach, uh, that they're going to run the ball. Like, you know, the Chargers – or I'm sorry, the Broncos want to run the ball. And Freeman is a ground and pound type of guy. Um, so the last few weeks against running backs, the Chargers, 27 points, one, 21 points, 33 points, and then 13 points last week. Um, they're giving up a lot of points to the running back position. Um, five touchdowns in that time span. So I, I say Freeman is a great play, and we'll talk about that later. Um, Blake Bortles named the starter. Uh, he'll be playing the Texans this week. And, uh, you know, is that really relevant in Week 17, Chase? Should people be thinking about Blake Bortles on their radar? Blake Bortles is just thinking about ripping cigs and, like, chugging natties <laughs> right now. And he's not yes. worried. He's not worried. He's like, like, what was it he said he got back in the huddle? Whenever uh, he said, whenever I'm back. Kessler got, he said, I'm back, boys. Said, I'm back, boys. Let's get it. <laughs> it's old number five. Let's do it to it. Who are you throwing the ball to? Like, that. that's what I'm looking at at this point. Like, yeah, you got D.D. Westbrook. That's great. D-D. Yeah, D.D. D.D., do you love me? Are you riding? I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's week 17. It's Blake Bortles. Anything can happen. And I will say this. Like, as far as, like, streaming a quarterback – Anything can happen with Bortles. We've seen he has his ups and downs. If you want to take that risk and start him, if you're in a championship on week 17, go for it. I'm not taking it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he's, he's been all over the board. Okay. Do the Texans need to win? Does that matter? Yes, that- they have to win this game. So, okay. This could be a problem. But Blake Bortles in garbage time is always has always been a problem. He'll throw two touchdowns when they're down – by two touchdowns, you know? Exactly. And that's what you have to keep in your back pocket. You have to keep that in the back of your mind. So, I mean, if you want to be a little bit ballsy and roll the dice, then go yep. for it. In DFS, I like him. He's cheap. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, he's definitely, gonna be cheap. he's definitely going to be cheap in DFS, and that's the only place I'm looking to play him at. Me and, too. And, and potentially low ownership there. So, yeah, definitely. That but not in cash. Player. Not in cash in DFS. Only in GPPs. Yeah, that's a good call there. And definitely not in cash. Um, so, uh, before we get into the hotties, uh, according to Roto World, Cowboys plan to start everybody. So, Amari Cooper, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of worried because, you know, we saw him exit the game last week. Uh, do they really want to play Amari Cooper the whole game? Honestly, this is terrible. Yeah, I agree because you want to go with the news, right? You want to be like, okay, I guess I can start Zeke. I, I don't want to bench Zeke, but, you know. I- it, 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 would, it wouldn't make sense for me to see Zeke finish this game. Yeah, I have a response to this. According to Black Roto World, which is me, um, yeah. the Cowboys are idiots. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with this as an Eagles fan. I hope 
like obviously I don't hope they all get hurt because I don't want you know no one wishes that upon people but I just don't like the Cowboys. Yeah. so like they're idiots for starting their whole team when they have nothing like don't they have they have nothing to gain correct uh, I don't believe so. <laughs> so they can't like they can't move they can't move ahead of Chicago no you're right and they, and can't, and they can't move below Seattle or be below um no no they're locked into the yeah. because they've won the division they yeah. won yeah, yeah they're, they're, idiots. they're idiots. Now, look, I want to give I want to give my take on this. Okay, I know you're all saying they're idiots. Jerry Jones probably one of the biggest idiots in the world. <laughs> He's probably too caught up like doing blow out of like strippers bras and things like yes. that. But beautiful thing about this is is that Jerry Jones has grit. Okay, and at the end of the day, we all know that he's pretty much the one that makes the shots. Yes, and I've always been a big believer. Like when you're a team, like you're not the Rams, you're not the Saints. Like you're on the lower end right now. Yeah, you get, you know, you got you, you won your division, things like that. Why not keep the momentum going? Okay, you look at this game right now, and I think that's what Jerry Jones is thinking. Let's keep the momentum going and flow into the playoffs. And when you do that, and you, because we've seen it, how many times have we seen like with the Chiefs? We've seen it with uh, a couple other teams. When you bench all these players, and then they come back the next week, it's like the chemistry can be kind of off sometimes. Sure. So maybe maybe Jerry's looking at it, you know, and, and Jason, they're looking at it from that standpoint. They don't want to lose that chemistry. They really believe that they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, just like every Cowboys fan in America every year, even when they have, like, the shittiest record of all time. Pardon my French. But whenever <laughs> – yeah, family, family show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but pardon my French. But when you're doing this, like, you have to understand that, like, that there is a, a positive to continue and play in these players. You, you do take a little bit of a risk, but at the same time, you keep that momentum going and you advance forward and you get into the playoffs and, and it's like you, you haven't lost rhythm. It's just like a I just think that game. this is going to be a perfect example of why you don't play fantasy football in week 17. It says they're going to, you know, it's been announced they're going to start their players. That doesn't mean they have to finish the game. They can play a half. They can treat this like a preseason game. You ha- you're on to something, Chase. I really believe that you lose rhythm if you sit a week, uh, unless you're just really good and, you know, you're that confident and you hit practice really hard. I don't think right. that the Cowboys are it's an organization that can do that necessarily. Uh, so I think that makes sense from that standpoint. But maybe they just play a half. I mean, if they're up 21 points on the Giants this week, what, what makes them want to finish the, the game with these players? So that'll be huge. Impact, you know, it'll be a huge impact on fantasy football for everyone that's playing in week 17. I exactly. You remember last year when they played in New York, they were in East Rutherford. They went off that game. I think Dak had like one of the best games like of the season. I remember because I had him in fantasy last year. Oh, wow. They crushed it up yeah. there in New York. So, I mean, you can see a repeat of that. I don't know. They just played good up there for some reason. It's from last year moving into this year. So, could be a big fantasy game too if they all are out there and they do play the whole entire game. All right, let's get into the hotties. I'm really pumped. Ooh, I keep thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about like Scotty Two Hottie from back in the day. WWE. Wow. wow. Yeah, wow, that's a throwback. <laughs> that is a throwback. big time. <laughs> Dude, that that entrance with him that you do the worm. Yep, classic. That was some good stuff. Um, but yeah, so let's get into the fantasy rookie of the year from the wide receiver position. We all know who the actual rookie of the year is. Of course, it's Saquon Barkley. You took him in the first round. He gave you that production as an RB1. Amazing year from Saquon. Uh, But I want to make this a little bit interesting. I want to talk about the wide receiver. So, X, why don't you start us off? Give us the rookie of the year at the wide receiver position. 
I'm surprised you didn't start off because we have the same one. Well, yeah, I think all three of us do. Hey, man, you the guest. You, you but know. since you're letting me Bill Cosby you again, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, – well, we all went with Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah, this is a guy that you saw the athletic ability on tape, you know, when you watched him coming out of the draft. You saw the explosiveness, and a lot of people, you know, prior to the draft season were like, you know, if he goes to a place where he can be, you know, a complimentary piece, he's going to excel. And where did he go? to Atlanta where Julio Jones is the guy and Julio Jones still is over 1400 yards. Like he, you know, it didn't affect him at all, but it allowed for another guy on the outside that can just run past people. And there was a stretch between, and, and you know, I didn't look this up, but I'm saying between week, what, three and week six where he, you know, exploded and provided us with like 20 plus point games on multiple weeks. Um, so he's a guy that, and has been, has been consistent, Throughout the season, you know, for the most part, obviously he has some down games, some up games. But, you know, as a rookie, he's one of the only wide receivers that stuck out to me. And, and you know, Stephen, you put, you know, I will mention this to Cortland Sutton, and I agree with that as well, as he kind of stepped out in his own once Demarius Thomas was traded. He got a little bit more opportunity. You saw, you know, the targets start to go his way. You saw his ability as a pass catcher. So my choice and, and all of our choices is Calvin Ridley. Yeah, uh, you know, as a rookie to finish as an, the wide receiver 20 in standard leagues, I mean, that's, you know, we really have to look at uh, Calvin Ridley as a guy that's stood out in fantasy football. Um, you mentioned the big weeks, seven for 146, three touchdowns against the Saints. Chase, I'm sure you were familiar with that game. Uh, oh, 35 fantasy points in the GGF Pro, GFS Pro League. I think hey. he had like 146 uh, receiving yards, seven receptions, three touchdowns. He, he killed it. He crushed it that game. Talk to him. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like you said, X, you said it beautifully. Uh, we knew that if he could get on a team where he was a complimentary piece, yep. he would excel. That was, that's very well worded because if he was the wide receiver one, I don't know if he's going to get that kind of opportunity. My best comparison to um, Calvin Ridley and how I think he's going to go is, is what we saw over the last, like, two years with Will Fuller. When, like, he's in the lineup, he's he can score multiple touchdowns in a game. And, you know, right. he's not going to have those games where he's, you know, has 12 receptions or nine receptions. But he's going to have three receptions for 75 yards and two touchdowns. You know, like I can see those type of games from Calvin Ridley with more, you know, of a – just with more of a, of a boom mentality because he's going to be healthier than Wolf Fuller. Wolf right. Fuller is always hurt. Most definitely. Yeah, he, gives, he gives you that Amari Cooper factor, that, uh, that Deshaun Jackson. Um, big yeah, game, yeah. That, that'll win you weeks that you won yep. in your lineup. Um, so I got to mention, you know, Cortland Sutton real quick, uh, three of the last, uh, four weeks, he, he did very well for you, uh, on fantasy, uh, teams, you know, four for 85 and a touchdown in, in championship week, six for 65 and a touchdown. Um, so these are big games from Cortland Sutton. And now we can look forward to next year where he is going to be in a great position. We're not sure what's going to happen with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but it could easily be Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton who, X, I know you're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. But let's get into the late-round gems. I'm going to start us off here. And, Chase, you definitely have a guy who I wanted to talk about, so I'm glad you brought him up. But I'm going to start us off with Nick Chubb. And I saw Nick Chubb go at the end of drafts in a lot of places because I think people weren't necessarily sold on, uh, on Carlos Hyde. I was sold on Carlos Hyde. I thought he was going to have a good year. He started off hot as the Cleveland Browns RB1. Of course, as soon as he got traded, that opened up the door for Nick Chubb. And if you held on to him, you were rewarded because Nick Chubb was maybe a season winner for a lot of people. Um, had a great, fantastic year. And next year, 
I'm looking at Nick Chubb as a first-round draft pick, guys. I don't know about that. That's yeah, that's, that's a little bold. <laughs> like, 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 end bold. the first round in 12-team leagues. Steve, don't forget, so are you don't taking him over, like, Devontae Adams or, like, Odell Beckham Jr.? So I'm not, but that's the way I draft. I, I like to stack my receivers. Uh, but I, I could see him going at the end of the first round. Where is he going? He's not getting out the second round. I'd say, like, where Christian McCaffrey started last year in drafts, like that mid to end second round. Just because, just because in PPR, Duke Johnson's still there. And, like, yeah, Chubb is the workhorse. Like, Chubb's going to get – but he's not going to really get as many receptions as you would okay. like out of somebody like – you know, somebody like Joe Mixon, who like, who was taken in that middle second round. You know, like, I can see him falling Let's in that category. Let's this in August, guys, because yeah, I, I yeah. want to see what his ADP is at in August. Have us all back in August, and we can absolutely talk about. That'd be great. We'll do. Okay. We'll have all of our rankings made, and we'll, yeah. we'll free fire. Oh yeah, that'd be oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, the way the hot take started was actually a rankings debate with me and Blake. Um, of course, Blake, you know, not here today. He's uh, on vacation in Texas right now. I think he's going to go to a Spurs game tonight. How dare he be on I vacation? know. I know. They're playing the Nuggets, mm. too. It's going to be a good game. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Nick Chubb, he, if you held on to him, which I don't think a lot of people drafted and held on to Nick Chubb. I don't think that happened. But we saw the flashes early on the season when Carlos Hyde was there. But, Chase, tell us about Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, I got called insane. And, like, two of my leagues, like, you know, I was in a couple of different leagues this year for sure. Well, not a couple, but I was in about four or five leagues this year. And in some of, like, you know, the family leagues, close friends leagues, I tripped them out because I waited till like, the last pick of the draft to draft my quarterback. And last year I was, like, stupid high on Patrick Mahomes after I saw some film of him. And I'm just like, guys, you're yeah. overlooking. They're like, oh, Alex Smith, he's the guy, this and that. Well, he leaves. Patrick Mahomes comes in. And everybody that's in my circles is still just, like, not convinced that this kid can ball. And I'm like, I'm telling y'all, y'all are all crazy. Like, I'm going to just destroy you guys this year. So the draft starts. We get all the way to the last round. I haven't picked a quarterback. Everyone is just, like, making fun of me. Like, ha, oh, you, you, you just choked your entire season, this and that. And I'm like, uh-uh. I draft Patrick Mahomes, last pick of the draft. Nice. Mr. Irrelevant, okay? Pick him up. Throw them in my lineup. They're all laughing. Week one comes, everybody shut up. Nobody would respond to me. <laughs> like, so he he is definitely the – he is not just the late-round gym. He is the late-round god mode, incredible – probably the best pick I've ever had in fantasy at the at the spot that I got him in. Oh, so, I, uh, I love it, man. I love it. Mahomes, catch up. Catch up and all, baby. Mahomes, <laughs> all day. I love it. I love it. Talk, talk to us. Uh, who's your late-round gem, uh, X? Uh, my guy is Eric Ebron, and he was mostly a late-round gem outside of two tight end leagues because he plays the tight end position. And, you know, a lot of people are big proponents on waiting on tight ends, it, you know, outside of Kelsey and outside of Ertz, you know, outside of the big names. So, um, and being behind Jack Doyle, you know, with Andrew Luck's uncertainty coming back this year, there was a lot of kind of factors that went at, that went along with Eric Ebron. So, you know, I think I got him like round 15 or 16 in one league. And, you know, he started off kind of slow, but once he got going, he really got going. And uh, he, he still leads the uh, league tight end-wise in touchdowns, correct? Yes. I think yeah. so. It's like 14, isn't it? Yeah, it's like something like 14 or 15. So, like, you know, you get a guy in, you know, let's just say on average the 13th or 14th round that is leading the league at his position in, in touchdowns, and, and that's going to have some adverse positive effects on your team. So this is a guy that I love taking late, and I took him late in a lot of leagues and I was really happy with his production. So 
um, that's my guy. I love it. I love it. So let's get into this. And, you know, I brought you guys on tonight because I know you guys know football. And this award goes out to – this is called – I'm calling it the Tape Don't Lie Award, okay? Now, this is a guy who might not have had the best fantasy season, but we want to you know, look to 2019. We want to see guys that we like on tape because this is how you win in fantasy football because not everyone knows who these people are. So, Chase, you don't have anybody written down here, but I, I want to know who's your tape don't lie? I like me some David Moore too, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry to have to, uh, to have to throw that to you, but you had that written down already, and that's why I said, okay, we're on the same track. Literally, he has like with when you have Lockett and Baldwin, and now David Moore coming in next year. Once this rhythm gets a little bit better, Seattle, you know, they're already going into the playoffs again, like this year. You might see them clinch a maybe. I don't know about a division, probably not a division, but they're definitely gonna be back in a wild card spot. But David Moore, I mean, yeah, the last two games he's had, he hasn't really done great. I think his, his best game he had this season was against Carolina. He had 103 yards, four receptions, and a touchdown. But that was, like, a big game for him. I think he caught, like, like right there at the end, he got that big bomb from Russell Wilson in the end zone. And just kind of watching that and just watching him throughout the season, the way he moves, the way he runs his routes. Um, you know, Pete Carroll, he, he's – everybody thinks he's too busy chewing gum all day. But he really does like to look in and see what's happening. And this team's kind of going from that, you know, that running game so strong for, like, years. And they've kind of had to, like, they were kind of forced to find their rhythm in the passing game. And now the run game's coming back. So this team really is going to be having the pass game strong and their run game's going to continue to get stronger. They're going to be a force to be dealt with in the NFC West. So with David Moore there, I like this kid, and I think he's going to have a very bright future coming into the 2019 season. But can we draft David Moore in, in redraft leagues? In redraft leagues this year? Um, in 2019. He's a, in 2019, I mean, he's, a, he's kind of a hit or miss. You're talking about for the rest of the season, right? No, I'm talking about for next year, projecting for Just next for year. for next year? Yeah. I mean, yeah, late, late, later round, guys. Yeah, definitely later round. Like, don't waste, like, a high draft pick on this, on this kid at all. I'm just saying, like, he's going to be a, definitely a good late round steal. I will say that because okay. I really think that he might get a slow start coming off to next year's season. And then probably around the middle, that's where you're really going to see him take off, especially if Doug Baldwin can't get over his little, you know, knick-knack injuries that he has. So, you also have to keep a lookout for that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll piggyback off you. Yeah, that's the guy who I had written down. Um, and David Moore, for me, has just been kind of, you know, flying under the radar all year because he hasn't been consistent. He's not a guy you can start every week. And I don't know if he's going to be that guy next year either. Fast and he wins 50-50 balls. Um, but the problem is, you know, he's young and he's in an offense that runs the ball a lot. So uh, he had a big, that big game against Carolina. I think that he's a good best ball uh, pick next year. And if anything were to happen again to Doug, Doug Baldwin, we know he has trouble staying on the field. David Moore is a great pick next year, in my opinion. Um, but, we, you know, there's, he's the third guy. He's on the field a lot, but we have to understand that they want to run the ball in Seattle. I do like David Moore a lot, and I think he, he's not somebody that needs to be looked at as a prospective late-round pick next year. X, talk to us about your guy. Uh, real quick, you mentioned um... – Pete Carroll, and I just sent you guys a, a picture in, a, in the group chat, but mm -hmm. my the soccer coach at my alma mater for grad school looks exactly like him. Oh, wow. The same this is insane. Like, it's, yeah. it's literally nuts. <laughs> that's, 
my girlfriend <laughs> played soccer at Mansfield, so that's how like I knew who he was. Oh, and, like, really? They make fun of him all the time. Like they put up pictures of like Pete Carroll like in the locker room and stuff. It's hilarious. But he needs a wad of big league chew. That's exactly. all he's missing. And he's <laughs> always like on his knee or like bent over and stuff like Pete Carroll. So it's <laughs> Um, but getting to my guy, I mean, it's Deshaun Hamilton. And I know we only saw like a really, really short glimpse of him, but I was high on him coming out in the draft and not high. Like I wasn't going to draft him over, you know, big name guys, but like yeah. I liked him as a late round, you know, pick in like that second or third rookie, um, draft pick range. And, you know, when he got the chance, you know, once Emmanuel Sanders were down, once the Maris Thomas got traded and he got the ability to be that number two, um, he he performed and he didn't perform as in like he got insane stats, but he provided some sort of semblance for, for rosters that maybe needed receivers that went running back heavy. And, you know, now they need the receivers to fill in towards the end of the season as they make their playoff pushes. Um, my biggest thing when examining wide receivers in the NFL and if they can play in the NFL is if they can get consistent separation and Deshaun Hamilton got consistent separation when he was on the field. And obviously you're not going to separate every single time versus these elite cornerbacks and, and the cornerbacks in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, Deshaun Hamilton is the guy that, you know, I'm looking at to stash and, and for obvious reasons and, and reasons that if you go back and look at film, you can really tell. So separation's key. Yeah, you know, it's awesome that the Broncos were able to get Cortland Sutton, who is like, you know, the perfect replacement for Demarius Thomas, and then Deshaun Hamilton, who could easily replace uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Similar type of players. I think that Deshaun has that sharp route running that you'd like to see from a, a, a receiver that runs out of the slot primarily. It's funny, you know, if, if John Elway could draft quarterbacks like he can wide receivers, they'd be all right. Or if he can draft quarterbacks that, like, know how to play quarterbacks, that'd be true. That would be really cool. Right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. As a quarterback, you'd think that you would be able to scout quarterbacks, but he's better. There's, they seem to be better, doing better at wide receivers. So, you know, maybe that just goes to show, like, why he was a good quarterback, you know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, so let's get into the comeback player of the year. Uh, X, lead us off here. Who's your guy? Adrian Peterson. Um, I mean, man's like 100 years old. Right. Uh, and he's still dominating defenses. I have nothing more to say. He's my comeback player. I don't have any comment. This, he, he's a beast. He's unreal. Over 1,000 yards for this year, right? Yeah. He, he, almost had, he almost had as many yards as he is old age. So, like, that's really <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Yeah, AD all day. <clears throat> uh, 33rd year uh, in life. Uh, honestly, you know, people that sleep on Adrian Peterson just don't know this man as a football player, one of the most do dominant running backs we've ever seen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's relevant in some way next year if he stays with the Redskins. That's just how I feel. I, I don't know if he can get you 1,000 next year, but he'll provide you with a couple games where he's going to give you touchdowns. Um, so, Chase, talk to us about Amari Cooper because I know we're riding that Amari Cooper train for comeback player of the year. Well, yeah, me and you are definitely that. I will say before anything happened, I was going to say Le'Veon Bell was my comeback player of the year, but he never came back, so uh -huh. I can't do that. Yeah, um, but, yeah, dude, Amari Cooper is sick. Like, he started off, like, I remember last year when all the woes kind of started for him. Like, he talked about, like, he put on an extra 10 pounds. And I've always said, I feel like that extra 10 pounds really, really messed him up. Like, because obviously, like, he it was never the same after that. Um, he had, like, one game last year. I think he put up a 50-burger. And then that was really all he did. But him getting traded to the Cowboys, it just put new life into that team. It put new life into him. And it really put a huge spark into the fantasy owners of Amari Cooper. So I love what happened with this, with this guy. When you're looking at his fantasy points and just his stats in general, I mean, he was just horrible. I think the biggest game he had this year, 
um, in Oakland was like 22 points. And then after that, like, you just start seeing the, you know, 34 against Washington, uh, 44 fantasy points against Philadelphia. And that's in my, you know, pro league PPR scoring. Um, but he has just been a complete, like, 180. Like, he's turned around. He's going to help maybe get this Cowboys team on the right track now with that young defense. Love this guy. Love Amari Cooper. Thanks for not letting your owners down this year. And thank you, Jerry Jones, for finding a way to do something good with your time. Yeah, so 96 targets all of last year. 96 targets this year so far. The difference, 48 catches to 70 catches this year. 680 yards last year compared to 974. He's gotten 694 yards in eight games with the Cowboys for 48 receptions. So, And then six of his seven touchdowns with the Cowboys. Next year, he is a bona fide wide receiver one. I'm confident in that because we've known for years that he has that kind of potential. It would be silly to just get off of that train and just ride with the narrative that he's not good. And I think that there are going to be people that think he's not good still. And I'm going to be, you know, benefiting from that all day next year. You're going to Bill Cosby then. (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah you know i thought i could get away with that subtly and now that you guys have brought it up a couple times now everyone knows oh yeah (laughs) that one all right i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that in too because i love it (laughs) but let's get to the fantasy mvp that's right the guy that won you championships this year and i'll start us off i could easily say patrick mahomes i could easily say todd Gurley. i love both of these players Chase, I'm with you. I drafted Patrick Mahomes, and he did a lot of great things for me this year. Uh, But let's go with somebody else that put up the kind of production that we want all season long. I'm starting off with Devontae Adams. I think you guys saw it. I had James Conner earlier. Um, I took him away just because he didn't finish the season. I got to shout out James Conner for an amazing year, but he just didn't finish the season due to injury. But Devontae Adams – was that dude that we thought that he could be. Um, I actually drafted Michael Thomas right ahead of him. Now, that looked great, you know, at the beginning of the year, and I think Michael Thomas had a fantastic year exceeding expectations. But Devontae Adams is the wide receiver one in my half-point PPR league. This guy, he didn't score a touchdown in only four games. That's unreal. Yeah. I mean, the amount it's of time beautiful stuff. scoring touchdowns, you know, so he really exceeded expectations. He was that guy for Aaron Rodgers. And we know Aaron Rodgers is the king of providing wide receiver one production. I will agree. Devontae Adams is the king of consistency this year. I had him in one of my leagues. Um, and it's just he's one of those guys that you, you didn't even have to worry about him. Like you just you plugged and played and you didn't think twice and he never left your lineup except for the week he was on a bye. Yep. Right. Yep. The interesting about Devontae Adams is I've been doing a lot of FanDuel Sportsbook, and every week I find myself betting that he's going to score a touchdown in the game. And every week but four, I was I won, which is insane to think about. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but that's just how consistent he is, which is awesome. Did you really bet every week on him scoring a touchdown? Yes, every single week. Yes. Got King us. of consistency. Yeah, that's yeah. smart, boy. That's <laughs> I mean, smart, I, mean, man. I put twenty dollars every week, and like I yeah. came out with way more value than you know than than I had when I started it. Hey, man, that's me, how you own your me wallet, you got to talk but, more, X. We got to talk more. Uh, listen, the last three weeks, I'm up like $1,100 on FanDuel Sportsbook, so I'm all, hey. we can talk whenever. 
And that's awesome. That's fantastic. Talk to us, Chase. Who's your guy? Who's your MVP? I don't, I don't see how this guy is in anyone's MVP. I, I will be straight <laughs> up honest. I did not own this guy in any league this year. I missed out on him in the draft. I overlooked him, and I feel like an idiot. I'm kicking myself. Is none other than Mr. Christian McCaffrey. This guy did not have one game where he scored under 10 fantasy points. Not one. And right. that's very impressive. I always am very high on as long as your players are getting over 10 points, you have a very, very high shot at winning your league. And that's what you need to be looking for every week. This guy did that. He proved to me that Cam Newton can share the football, which is a beautiful thing, because that was my only worry about not drafting, because you know when you get to that goal line, Cam just loves to run it in. So I was super worried about that at the beginning of the year. He, he showed me wrong. He proved me wrong. This kid is incredible. I think he beat his dad's record. This year, I think uh, – I can't remember the exact number. I don't know if you guys have it of how many rushing yards he put up total this year. But Total? Total, yeah. Total it was like uh, – it's like 1,000 and like 40 or something like that. Yeah, just crushed, killed the game, killed the game. Um, and I think he had over – I want to say it was one, two, three, four games this year rushing over 100 yards. Uh, just huge fantasy production. None other than Christian McCaffrey. He's the man. He's somebody I'm definitely going to be looking at, and he definitely moves up higher to that first round in fantasy drafts in 2019. Certainly, certainly a first-rounder. He, to me, should be in play for the overall first pick because he put up already 1,000 yards rushing, like you said, 1,080, seven touchdowns rushing. That, that's rushing. And 106, which is a record from a running back, beating Matt Forte, 106 catches, 845 yards, and six touchdowns. So 13 touchdowns total. Uh, X- and he threw one. What's up? And he threw one. He and threw one. one. And he, he threw, threw one. one. Oh, 50 yarder. 50 yarder. And that's big in our league, Xavier, because our, our, that was a six-point touchdown. Listen, man, you know. You know how I feel about Christian McCaffrey. And before I get on to my MVP, like, I got to talk about Christian McCaffrey. All offseason, I was preaching draft Christian McCaffrey in the first round. Draft him in the first round. He's going to be a beast. And, like, towards, you know, as you got closer to September, he started being taken at the end of the first round, which is where I wouldn't, I wouldn't draft him any higher than that. But – this kid, I told everyone he's going to have over 300 touches. I told everyone he's going to rush for 1,000 yards. Told everyone he's going to be a top five PPR back. Like, he did everything. Like, he, like in one of my leagues, he's the number one overall PPR back. So, like, like well, you know, with Todd Gurley going down and, and, and missing some time and stuff. Yeah. But, like, but, yeah, no, he's, he's definitely mean, number one in PPR right now for, in, in a lot in, of spots. In my main money league, like my main redraft league, he had 380 points. Well, I mean, he has 380 yeah. points. Like, that's yeah. stupid. Like – that's eight more than Gurley. That's 20 more than Saquon. That's 30 more than Kamara. That's 60 more. Than, like, it's, it's just nuts to think about. But he well, absolutely – The names that you're listing off are all in play for, like, top five picks. Yeah. I think that's the top five right there. Yeah. Because yeah. you want the pass-catching running back. You need that pass-catching running back. And then after that, it's just, you know. So, yeah, man, you are on to something. And I will say that, you know, I had him at the, as my RB13 – so I definitely slept on him. I, I put him right outside of that RB1 spot. Um, but I, the way I'm feeling right now, if Cam Newton and the Panthers and Ron Rivera, if he stays and they get, they get an actual defense, you're going to see Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton win a Super Bowl. I, I, like, that's what I, if, if Cam can stay healthy within the next couple of years and they actually put a defense out on that field, like in two years, if they can do that, they're in play for a Super Bowl, the way I feel with Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton right now. 
Yeah. Not if Sean Payton can help it. That's well, Sorry. that's true. Too. That's true too. <laughs> but like with McCaffrey, I don't. I honestly, going into next year, I don't care who else is on his team because everyone thought that C.J. Anderson was going to dip into his touches. Like, no, nah, sorry, sorry like, about they, it. Gave, they gave McCaffrey more work actually than they gave him last year with yep. you know with Jonathan Stewart after you know bringing in C.J. and then they ended up like just getting rid of C.J. Anderson. It's like, nah, nah, chill. We got McCaffrey. We're cool. Shout out like, to C.J. for having a killer game on yeah, Sunday too. Out. Yeah, yeah most out. definitely. Most definitely. If you were think, if you were fortunate enough to put C.J. Anderson in your lineup, go ahead because that was a great play uh, in Week seven, 16 for the championship. Yeah, um, unbelievable. So getting to getting to my MVP, my MVP is Ezekiel Elliott. I was really high on him as well. Me and Savi talked. Uh, Savi is my co-host on the Top Shelf DFF, and we talked during the season. And I said Ezekiel Elliott could be the number one running back in football fantasy wise uh, this yeah. year, and obviously rushing yards wise he is, but. You know, I was really high on him and McCaffrey. And actually, in a lot of dynasty startups, I have Zeke and McCaffrey on my team. In both That's beautiful. Lines, which is good. I was really high on him. But let me just read off Ezekiel Elliott's stats this year. 304 rushes, which is second to what he had last year, uh, what he had his first year, which is his first year was incredible. But, you know, he's going to play this week, obviously, because the Cowboys are dumb. Well, you know, not by Chase's standards. They're really smart. Um, <laughs> but he's probably going to pass that number because he's going to have more than 18 carries. He has 1,400 yards rushing, six touchdowns. Then, then he has 77 receptions, which a lot of people didn't – though he was targeted 95 times out of the backfield as well in the receiving game. So that only – like – you're talking about Christian McCaffrey potentially be the number one overall. I think it could be Zeke as well. But and, and obviously you're you're picking and choosing here because it's really based on who you want because they're all going to yeah. be great. But um, you know Zeke is going to be is the definition of a workhorse back with over 300 carries, 1400 yards. And then when you get to the receiving side, he's still getting he's going to have over 100 targets before the end of the season's over, and That's probably you know, 80 that receptions. That is unreal. Like so, like you look at that and you're like, all right, like he could absolutely, you know, he. He's gotten better each year. Like even the suspension year, he still got better in that year because if you look at his stats, he would have he would have finished with some ridiculous stats there too. So for me, for having him on a bunch of my teams, Zeke is my MVP because every week it felt like he was getting me twenty five to thirty points. A lot of my leagues were like point per carry, so he was you know he was dominating. Those, those seventy seven receptions just jump off the page because. We didn't think that. I, I don't think anyone could have – I would have said maybe 60, 65. Yeah, I thought he was going to be more involved. I didn't think he was going to have 77. Like, I, I was right. saying, like, 50, maybe 60. Like Right. I, I think that maybe we were on the same page, X, where we were, like, all the people that thought that he wasn't going to have an increase in volume in the past game. Yeah. We kind of got, you know, an edge over them. Yep. Uh, so I was thinking that, too. But, you know, like you said, he has 95 targets now. That's unreal. Yeah. That, 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 you would never think that. And and that's with and that's with Amari Cooper coming over, who's you know a, a bona fide wide receiver one, like you talked about earlier. Like so, he's getting those targets. Like not, it's not like he had the whole year with just bum wide receiver. Like right. he had half the year with bum or more than half the year with bum wide or half the year with bum wide receivers, and then the rest of the year with a bona fide number one receiver with a Dak playing a little bit better. So it's that's good. Yeah, and you know when you're a football team, you you start to understand who makes plays for you, and you start to funnel targets where yep. they should go. And why not give the ball to your best player? At least Jason Garrett and the Cowboys decided to do that. So, you know, I'll give them the credit where credit is due because I'm usually hating on the Cowboys' decision-making. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about our, uh, our streamers real quick. I'm going to name some guys. You guys just pick a guy from this list. Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Blake Bortles. We'll throw in Blake Bortles for a streamer this week. Go ahead, Chase. Start us off. 
Sam Darn Old. Mm. That's who I'm going with for a streamer this week. Um, I know we're going to be talking about our hot takes, hot bold takes before the end of this pod. Yes, sir. Um, but uh, Sam Darnold, I am fully invested when he's back. He's got this connection with Robbie Anderson. Um, it's beautiful, actually. And I think next year – and Chris Herndon, you can't leave him out, too. Uh, you know, he's got these two weapons to throw to. I know we always talk about how Bill Belichick on the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, we always like to talk about and say, Belichick's going to take out your playmaker. You got two guys that this ball could go to. I mean, it's just going to kind of be back and forth. I know Elijah McGuire's back there. He's kind of doing his thing here and there or whatever. But at the same time, I, I'm going to save the, the bold take. But Sam Darnold, that's who I'm streaming this week if I'm playing in week 17. Honestly, I agree with you 100%, Jace. Like 100 I watch a lot of Jets games. So I'm from New Jersey, like central New Jersey. So on TV is usually the Jets or Giants. And I don't get to watch my Eagles as much as I want to unless like, I go to my grandparents' house in South Jersey. Um, <laughs> but so like I've watched a lot of Sam Darnold and like, kid's good man like he's gonna make some mistakes but the kid is good and i like the take of that bold take of him streaming him this week i mean jets taking off 2019 watch out listen that defense <laughs> is stupid man the defense is really good the jets defense is fantastic yeah you know no, no lie um yeah if they keep everything in in play in you know the same sort of pieces in play next year i like the jets offense as kind of like a sneaky because like robbie robbie anderson when he's playing well and when you know now that sam darnold knows that he's a threat that that he's a legit legit weapon in fantasy football um so and and also herndon like herndon's a guy that i'm gonna be drafting next year uh, you, you can't sleep on him yeah no i mean I, I wait on tight ends all the time and you know unless i'm drafting travis kelsey i'm i'll get somebody like herndon for sure um i worry about darnold against the patriots in foxborough i'm not gonna lie i, I think that you know we saw josh allen get shut down i know that sam darnold is a better passer than josh allen but uh, they took away, you know, Allen as far as a threat at all in, in the running game as well. But he's also a guy that I think you can stream this week because he's playing Miami and, you know, he had 135 rushing yards against Miami last time they played. But I'm going to go with Jameis Winston. Every time he plays Atlanta, he goes off. I can't just, just deny every game I've seen him play against Atlanta for the past like two years where he just destroys them. You're probably going to see three touchdowns from Jameis Winston. And if you're playing in week 17, he's the kind of fantasy quarterback you want to start. You're trying to eat a W, Steve. Oh, God. He's going he's gonna to eat a W, but look, I, I got I to gotta go against the grain real fast just because I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Quick, quick little bold, little bold take. Fitzpatrick gets back in this game. I see two interceptions coming for Winston. Wow. So we'll see what happens. Hey, I like it. I love it. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I cannot stand Jameis Winston. And, you know, every, I really can't. Uh, you, the, the whole eating the W thing, if you guys saw Deshaun Jackson's face during that, that was me. Oh, Deshaun can't stand Jameis. He <laughs> He's ready for Fitzpatrick him. to come back. <laughs> most definitely. If it was up to Deshaun, uh, yeah, Fitzpatrick would be the quarterback. Most definitely, 100%. For sure, um, sure. Let's talk about our starts of the week. I'm talking about all the Steelers. Put your Steelers in. They have everything to play for this week in Week 17. I have a DFS stack of Big Ben, Samuels, Juju, and AB stacking all of those guys for this week because they're one of the few teams that have something to play for. They got to win against a terrible Cincinnati defense in Pittsburgh. I think they're going to go all out. Those are my starts of the week. Uh, for me, uh, very quickly, Derrick Henry is my start of the week. Reasons why, Titans are playing at home. 
It's a playoff eliminated game. Whoever wins goes to the wild card. They're playing against the Colts. Um, he has made a crazy end of the season transformation. Um, I'm going to go yes. ahead and call a Titans win on this. And the dude's big AF. So you got to always look at that too. <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, man. You know, Derrick Henry was a third round pick this year. He's probably going to be around that again next year. Is, is he going to be worth the value chase? He always sneaks into that spot, and he's probably going to do the same thing he did this year. He's going to let you down for a long time and come through when it counts. So there you go. <laughs> All right. And mine is mine's Royce Freeman. Uh, we talked about it earlier. I just think his, his opportunity is going to be there and the value is going to be there this week. So um, I'm firing up Royce Freeman in DFS. And, you know, if you're in any Week 17 championships or, you know, uh, toilet bowl games, constellation brackets that go to Week 17, fire him up. Yeah, Freeman's going to get the volume. I really believe it. Uh, I think Devontae Booker will be used yeah. uh, in the passing game. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, like someone brought up the point earlier, Vance Joseph wants to run the ball. Broncos, that's their game. Freeman's going to get a lot of opportunity. So that's a great call. Yo, can I make an announcement real quick? Apparently, wow, okay. Apparently, Caldwell has interviewed for the coaching vacancy in Green Bay. What? Where are you oh. seeing that? Uh, I just saw it across my Twitter timeline. On, uh, Coach from, X is the source. From pro football. <laughs> wow, bro. This is incredible. Okay. Man. He, oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, and they interviewed Chuck Pagano, too. Look out. Uh, I don't know if I like Pagano, but Jim no. Caldwell. Huh. Well, Caldwell. Uh. Yeah, Caldwell. Uh, you know, he got a bad rap in, in Detroit, but we'll see. Who knows? Um, so let's get into the hot bowl prediction. We talked about Blake Bortles. I'm going with D.D. Westbrook, who is a wide receiver I love. I wish he was not in this situation with uh, Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler and all this with the Jags. But if you're playing in Week 17, I think you can flex D.D. Uh, Blake Bortles loves to target Westbrook. I think he has a good rapport uh, with uh, Westbrook. He's always out there. They treat him kind of as their wide receiver one, if you can call it that. But we know that Keelan Cole is not playable. He's not getting any snaps. It's him and Moncrief. Uh, so it really makes it simple for you. Um, and the last few weeks, the Texans have given up 31 points, 37, 24, and 28 to the wide receiver position. Their secondary is kind of checked out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with D.D. Westbrook to have a big game. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that bold take. My bold take is that Minnesota beats Chicago um, and the Eagles don't get into the playoffs. I just what? I just have a bad feeling. Like, obviously, I know – like, me looking at the Chicago-Minnesota game is like – like, if the Eagles were playing the Cowboys and the Cowboys were looking to get a win for the last playoff spot, like, the Eagles would do everything in their power to not let the Cowboys win. Like, I, I get that. Well, Minnesota needs this game, right? Yeah. I just, yeah well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, like, Chicago – why would Chicago want Minnesota? Because Chicago's playing either Minnesota or the Eagles, correct? Right. I, I, so, yes. Like, so I don't, I don't think Chicago wants to play the, their division opponent that they've played already two times a year. Yes. You don't year. want Nick Foles? I, listen, I want the Eagles to be in the playoffs. I, I know I you just, do. <laughs> I just have a bad vibe. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I just, think, I just think Minnesota is going to come out and, and, like, abuse the Bears. Is the game in Chicago or Minnesota? I think it's in Minnesota. If it's in Minnesota, I can, I can kind of get behind it. But then again – I, I'm, I'm not sure. If it's in Soldier Field, there's no way. Listen, I I'm, I'm going to look it up. But my bold take is that Minnesota abuses Chicago. I love that, man. I love that. Chase. I hope not. But Chase, are, you, are you guys ready for mine? Are you guys ready for the real boldness? Yes, so, the Jets will defeat the Patriots in Foxborough on <laughs> Sunday. It's happening. 
Okay, let me give you this quick little stat. All right, the last time the Jets beat the Pats at home was in 2011 in the 2010 AFL Divisional Playoff game in a regular season 2008. They're due. I'm firing up Sam Darnold, firing up Robbie Anderson, I'm firing up Chris Herndon this week. Those are going to be some of my super guys out there, but I'm calling it. Jets win this game in Foxborough. They're due. That's Crazy bold, bold that's take. That's hot. That's hot, baby. That's what we like. That's what super we like hot. on the hot take. Fresh out the oven. Yeah. <laughs> so, so real quick, that game is in Minnesota. It, yep. X, you're on to something, man. I might be looking at them in. Uh, I, can, I can feel it if it's in Minnesota. I can feel it. You get that Viking horn blowing out there, man. It's yeah. kind of hard. It can make bears shiver. Is it Minnesota favored in this game? Are they favored? I would think it would be silly for them to be. Favored Minnesota is favored by four. No, nah, never mind. I'm betting the Bears. I'm yeah. hammering. Yeah. I, still think, I still think Minnesota's going to win, but I'm hammering the Bears. On yeah, like minus four, that's actually very interesting. Yeah, that's beyond me. So I get plus four points with Chicago? Yeah, I'm betting $100 on it. Betting the house. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's but, hot. That, that's hot. The, the Vikings are still going to win, unfortunately. Mm. So they're going to win by a field goal, you're saying? Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense. If you're going to take that bet, you're going to think they're going to win by a field goal. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's still early. I'm scared. Or you think Chicago can win outright, but but based on what you said, that you would you would think, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Thanks so much, guys, for for coming on the hot take uh, again. Subscribe, uh, get your uh, your entry in to win that Josh Gordon jersey. Uh, follow my Twitter at ffprofessorst3. Follow my guy Blake, who is my co-host on the hot take uh, at Blake Sullivan ff. Guys, where can the people find you on Twitter? X starts off. Uh, you can find me at, at Xavier J Warner on Twitter, um, and I'm also I tweet a lot of stuff for my podcast. So at Top Shelf BFF. Uh, we've been slacking lately just because I've been running around holidays and everything like that. But uh, we'll be up and running again for the off season and, and getting you guys some content. So yeah, you can find us there. And uh, for me, you can follow me everywhere at Garage Guy Chase. That's across the board socially. Um, you can also follow our podcasts. Uh, Twitter account. It's at Garage Guy Sports. And uh, definitely subscribe to us on iTunes as well. We're the crazy, unfiltered uh, stepchildren of the fantasy football world. So uh, definitely check us out. And uh, Steven, thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. And guys, go and retweet and try to win you a Josh Gordon jersey. Support that man. Love Josh Gordon. Yeah, support support the calls with Josh Gordon. And, you know, that jersey, hey, it's, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing now. We know he's not going to be a Patriot again, or at least that's what I would say. But, uh, you know, thanks so much for listening to the Hot Take, guys. Uh, be on the lookout. We're going to be doing an early mock draft for 2019 at Fantrax within the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're getting that together now. Uh, this has been the Hot Take Podcast. On behalf of Blake Sullivan, my name is Steven Taroni. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Hot Take Podcast. Check out Fantrax HQ and Rotoballer for your fantasy sports news and analysis. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steven underscore Taroni and at Blake Sullivan FF. See ya!